Welcome to the Todd Z Zcast, everybody. My name is Todd Zalkins, recorded live here in Long Beach, California, where we talk about a little bit of everything, a little bit of recovery, a little bit of this, that, and the other. Some things relevant and highly irrelevant. We're here to share with you what's really going on. You guys, the program is brought to you by Balboa Horizons, one of the finest treatment centers in Orange County. Located down in Costa Mesa, Newport Beach. Give them a call if you guys need some help at 833-NOT-ALONE. Again, 833-NOT-ALONE. I know a bunch of people who've, got, who've gone through there and have changed their lives for the better. Balboa Horizons, 833-NOT-ALONE. Give them a call if you or someone you love or dig needs some help. Uh, next up, we have the Knoll Family Foundation, another one of our proud sponsors. Please give generously to help us open up Bradley's House, which is going to be the first treatment center of its kind to help uh, musicians suffering with addiction, substance use disorder, to get help. Guys who have got no more money, they're down on their luck, they got no health insurance. We want to open the doors to Bradley's House. It's going to be a 90-day program, which is going to uh, serve the community well and help guys to, to get their uh, lives back and reclaim them. Go to the thenoelfamilyfoundation.org and give generously, please. All of your deductions are tax deductible. Order a couple of Bradley's House t-shirts. And my buddy Eric Sandin, who's going to be our guest, might come over and play drums in your backyard and wake up and piss off the whole effing neighborhood. All right, <laughs> moving along here. Another one of our proud sponsors is As High As I Am. As High As I Am is the finest surfwear brand, surfwear clothing located up in Morro Bay, California. My buddy Mike Lopaka Jones is not only one hell of a human being, an excellent big wave rider, and he will give generously one quarter stick of wax if you give him 10 bucks. If you buy two t-shirts, that'll cost about 95.50. But here's the good news, everybody. If you order online, go to ashighasiam.com. That's A-Z-H-I-A-Z-I-A-M. As high as I am. Do that fast two or three times. Enter the discount code ZMAN10. Not because I'm a 10, I'm far from a 10. ZMAN10. I'm actually like a .3 on those scales, but Z-Man 10 for the discount code, and get yourself a nice discount on some As High As I Am surfwear located in Morro Bay, California. Let's see, I apologize for the Facebook mistake, and uh, one quick thing here, I want to give a, a thanks to a gentleman named Ryan Clark, who sent us out a link to I Ain't Going to Get Up Today. It's a Dr. Seuss little book, and uh, we now feel, if you go check out I Ain't, going to get up today that we think that Brad Noel was seriously inspired by this to write the song Burritos. Talks about him not getting out of bed and doing jack shit all day. I want you guys to check out Dr. Seuss. I think Brad had an, had an absolute affection for Dr. Seuss. I have an, a, an affinity and affection for Dr. Seuss and so does my buddy Eric Sandin over here on Bringing On. I haven't introduced him yet. He loves Dr. Seuss. He also loves gummy bears. We have two packs of gummy bears, one for me and one for him, and he's going to be joining us in just a second here. We're going to eat gummy bears and hang out together. All right. <sighs> Moving on here. I think that's good. Man, our guy, our, our guest has been waiting forever due to some uh, difficulties that we've smoothed out. And ladies and gentlemen, Eric Sandin, good buddy of mine, a hell of a human being, the drummer from NoFX. Eric, get on over here. Coming on over. Hello, sir. How you doing, man? Yeah, what the fuck kind of establishment are you running here? You can't get your shit working. Um, that's kind of like the story of my life. It's this guy right here. It's it, it, we can pin it's it on that him. Guy right there. You talk about these. Yeah, the the, the mishaps. That's kind of like my 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 life. There's been a series of mishaps. And there's always someone to clean up after you. <laughs> that guy right there. So glad we got it up and running, man. Yeah. I am. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Tell me more about this Bradley thing. I didn't know about that. About uh, the the No Family Foundation. Thank you, thank you for bringing that up. See, that's fucking huge. I was actually going to uh, reach out to you and your crew, and you know, uh, the No Family Foundation was something I co-founded with uh, Brad's dad, Jim Papanol, while we were making that documentary mm -hmm. film a long way back, and we were, we were trying to kick around ideas as to how can we go further and reach people who are really, really in need, and so um, I said, you know. Well, why don't we open up a place where we can help out musicians who've got nothing left, man? Yeah, because with musicians, it's a weird little dichotomy because a lot of them are fucked up, but they when they end up going to treatment, they don't. You know, there's there's the high end treatment places, and then there's the bottom of the barrel treatment places where people are just like in and out of prison and all that kind of stuff. And musicians, a lot of times, haven't fallen down that path, 
or they're not super rich and they just feel kind of lost and lost in like where to go. Absolutely. And, and thank you so much for bringing it up. Our, our, our ambition, our goal, the endeavor, whatever you want to call it here is to open up this six bed facility. It's a fully approved nonprofit and um, it's going to be called Bradley's house. And we're going to basically start them out with detox, a full 90 day program, man, and get, get them uh, integrated and involved in the 12 steps. And, uh, you know, we'd have the capability once we're open to to serve uh, 24 musicians a year who 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 are dying from this disease and, here in Long Beach. Uh, it's going to be open now, actually, in South Orange County. Uh, Kelly Knoll, uh, Brad's sister, is the director of the foundation, and she lives down in South Orange County. Cool. So we're going to have a pad down there, and we're still raising funds. And one of these days, I know it's a long shot, but it will be unbelievable to either have you guest appear and play some music. God only knows, maybe we could have the band play a gig one day because... I might have a member or two of the band that might be good candidates to go through it. <laughs> there, 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 there's an outside possibility of that, right? Yeah, in, you never in, know. In fact, uh, you know, we can jump... By the way, this is a super special... This is like an event. You want to know why? Why? Eric Sandin was our very first podcast guest. And uh, and I, w I remember being so freaking nervous. And like, I love this dude. And I'm like, oh, man, our very first guest is, you know, it's Eric, man. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. But I was tripping out and kind of kind of nervous. And we had a great show that day. Yeah, it was good. You know? And, well, and I mean, you're not one uh, to lack in conversation. So so that helps push things along in, in good directions. You're very quick and witty. You well, know? thanks, and it's man. And it's easy, easy to converse with someone like you. And, and you made it really easy and fun. And so I wanted to thank you for way back when, you know, I think it's, it's coming on in a couple months. It'll be two years ago. And we've since done about 65 or 67 episodes. So we, I ran into Eric at the, the Poke Bowl place. That's right. Poke Bowl. Fresh fish. And, you, and you, he, he didn't talk very much to him. He was fully engaged in your fish bowl. Mouthful of tuna. You, you did. Mouthful like, of tuna. Yeah. And you just told me to kind of kick rocks. We'll talk later. You remember that? Kind of. You not did. not not in those terms. I said, "Beat it, chump! I'm fucking hungry." You did. Yeah. 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 We'll and, talk later. But but you know what? Here we are. Here we are. Thank you for being here, man. And uh, you know, uh, really quick, Mike, if you could pull up that picture really quick from uh, from this is a few years back. Did you know that you gave me the gnarliest fucking titty twister in history? Well, you got good nipples for titty twisters. Backstage, you guys are playing with slightly stupid, which I thought, oh my god, that was interesting. You guys were playing <laughs> to get. It was a weird. That was a weird tour. It, I think it was a weird. Well, you want to talk about the weird tour or how the fact that my tits were bruised for about a month. Mm, mm, that's good man love right there. It, it was. Did you have that shot up there? Yeah. 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 It may look like I'm smiling. Well, I'm not. I'm gritting through my teeth and hurt like sin, mm. like Damien from The it. Omen. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, really quick here. A gentleman came on, he posted something, he says, this guy's named Scott Hilkemeyer, he said that, uh, please ask Smelly how it's been touring sober for all these years. Jeez. Uh, okay, which you are, by the way, how many years sober are you? 26. That's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time without mm. getting loaded, man. No, it's, it's, there's urges, don't get me wrong. We talked about that we a minute did. ago. We did. It, you, based upon how you were talking, I was almost ready to... Shit can the podcast and take a drive. <laughs> Santa Ana, here we come. God, no more podcast. No. In fact, no more me. No. I'm just gone. No, it's weird. It's like I've been sober for, for 26 years, but I mean, the shit's still there at times, you know? And it, maybe it's telling me that I need to get off my ass and do a little more for myself, you know, yeah. in the world of sobriety. Uh, but no, it's still there. Yeah, it was interesting when you are sharing that, you know, how the... Uh, before we started going live, Eric was talking about how, God, you know what, it's kind of like the obsession or turnover, or just the act of doing it, getting, you know, you know the whole process. The process, the high, the whole fucking thing, the whole darkness, the whole, I don't know, I've always been attracted to like the darker, seedier side of things, and I, and I saw some junkies the other day, and it was fucking, it, my brain started romanticizing it. Damn. And it's still there. Let me ask you, okay, this is good. This mm -hmm. is good. All right. I'll tell you what I can sometimes, where I can sometimes go is feeling comfortable, but I realize I don't come out comfortable for very long because of where the whole shit took me, man. Yeah. You know, like wearing pajamas in my pad with big piles of 
cocaine and Oxycontin and vodka. And I was just watching Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> and that's all I did. Anything forensic related or yeah, no, I, I like those too. mullet dog guy. I like that right. dude. He was rad. He's like right. four foot six, I think, but he wears these boots. Yeah. He looks all tough. Yeah. Anyway, that's I don't want to go to that place anymore. Yeah, for me it's I got a beautiful wife, I got three kids. I wouldn't want them to walk into a room and find me OD'd. Or I wouldn't want them to find a needle that I left out and just be like, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah. I, I have the the capacity to have a second secret life. Mm-hmm. Like I've done it in the past. I just, you know, it's there. And something about it is kind of attractive at times. I, I totally appreciate that honesty, man. And, um, you know, having been away from that way of living for 26 years, doesn't necessarily mean we're guaranteed another 26, right? Or even another 20 days. No. Right? No, that's it. I mean, you hear people that have said, oh, I've had X amount of time, and they fucking go out, and they don't make it back, or they just go out, and they come back. I'm still the same person that I was 26 years ago. Yeah, I've cleaned up my act. Yeah, I've learned how to behave a little better. But I still have the addictive qualities. You know? Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's with anything. You know, it's with... Uh, that that addictive outlet has jumped into other uh, aspects of my life before. You filtered it in different directions of your life, right? Because, you know, we put all that stuff down and we start to make some pivots and do, you know, we might obsess about other stuff. Some of that stuff can be healthy. Some can be self-destructive. Absolutely. I know guys who freaking just gamble ridiculously now or whether it's porn or I don't know, whatever it might be. But what are some of the things that you throw yourself into? I know you're really, you're an awesome family man. You work, yeah, I mean, I you know. love that, but I mean, like I'll throw myself into anything that, that escapes my mind from the moment. Like surfing, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a positive thing. Snowboarding, yeah, okay, that's a positive thing. I race motorcycle for all the time, that's a positive thing. But I get so wrapped up into it that, that I'll go home and I'll tweak on something like on my motorcycle for like hours. But it, but it, I think it's to avoid the present. Mm. It's to avoid, you know what I mean? It's like, get my mind off of like how I really feel and fixate on something else. Your story's gnarly, man. And I, I, I love um, that book I read cover to cover. And I've, um, uh, is it the hepatitis, the, the hepatitis bathtub? Yep. Okay. The, the NoFX book. And the descriptions in there, I know that there was different perspectives from all the band members from certain situations. And... Uh, the truth is, man, it was it got freaking real for you at the end, man. Oh, it got real, yeah. Very real. Yeah. And you came in um, at 26 and got uh-huh. sober. Uh-huh. Um, can you tell me or tell the people who are watching and listening, Eric, what's, uh, you know, you've been sober for a long time, and so is it is it tough uh, adjusting, or not adjusting, just playing with dudes who are still killing it? I mean, um, yeah. we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to, Rap on that, that's a bad or taboo no, to talk no, about? No, no, no. We're, we're an open book. We can talk about anything. Right. We can talk about all the other members, whatever, maybe, because that's we're really honest with each other and we're a real honest open band. Um, for me, touring with the guys that are partying, it's weird on a bunch of different levels. Like, only one of the guys in the band parties really hard. Everybody else is just casual. Yeah. You know, but, but it's, I have to isolate myself at times so I feel alone. You know, for protection for my for my sanity, I hear them partying, and it's it's a magnet to them and to that lifestyle. Also, it's I've had to learn how to compartmentalize like all kinds of weird feelings just to keep myself um, sane on tour, and it's it's bizarre. Like when I walk into a room and I see a pile of coke, or I see people that I don't even fucking know coming up and giving me hugs, bro. I fucking love you. Good to see you again, and it's just like. I don't even fucking know you. Yeah. You know, it's that lifestyle to me is so fucking shallow and false and smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's just fucking kissing ass and all this kind of crap. And it's, that's not who I am. Yeah. I'm not a Hollywood guy. I'm not a party guy. I'm not this. I'm not, I mean, yeah. My heart of hearts is like I'm a blue collar construction worker kind of a guy. You know, and music is just something that I fell into and I'm not doing it for the accolades and I'm not doing it for the chicks and none of that stuff. So when I see that, it's like, um, I love playing music, I love playing and touring in the band, but the same aspects that I love push me away 
from the band mm-hmm. push me away from what I love to do because I have to keep my distance and for my sanity. Yeah. You know, so there's this weird dichotomy of pushing and pulling that goes on at all times. Do you find you find yourself like, you know, when you're especially on tour, forget about the local shows because you can just dig out and go home quick. When you're not home and you're just, you know, you're you're on the road, is just is just pulling the ripcord like I'm just gonna go to my room. That's what I do I'm, all the time. Right. When I was at stage left or right, yeah. whatever the hell it looks When like. I first got sober, my sponsor said, Always give yourself an out. Like whatever situation you're in, always have an, an exit plan. You know, because like if you're in a fucking playing a nightclub and people are doing blow and you're on shaky ground, if you have no exit plan, it could be, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. So I've always had myself, given myself an exit plan. So now like whenever we play, I show up like an hour before we play mm-hmm. and I exit immediately afterwards. You, you know, do, you, do, you do your sound check, do your business. Yeah, I and... do my stuff and I'll say hi to a couple people I know and, and that's it because... My sanity is, is most important, and I don't like. I don't. Yeah, it's just it's just I give myself an exit plan, and oh fuck, I was gonna go someplace with this, but you know what? You take your time because you know what? You you were very patient with us as we were trying to get our <laughs> shit together. So please. Yeah. No. It's it's not a gummy. Bear. The exit plan for me is crucial, and I get out of the situations as fast as I can. Oh, and this is what it is. Like I've had guys in the band. Or go, dude, you're so fucking boring. Why don't you hang out with us? You're so fucking boring. And they don't understand that if I wasn't the boring guy, I'd be the fucking guy to be ODing on the floor. Right. You know what I mean? It's not a matter of being boring. It's a matter of fucking perseverance and surviving. And here at home, I'm surfing, I'm skating, I'm racing, I'm doing this. You know, it's, it's not a boring thing. The party aspect of it is just too much for me. Do you... Do you uh, concur with this or not? That uh, you know, when it comes to when it comes to addiction, I mean, now we're often referring to it now as substance use disorder. I'm just going to say that. I'm, is that I'm, a new term? I, it is substance use disorder. I I know that I I that I'm an addict in recovery. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic too. Whatever. Um, not, now I'm tripping out. Oh, as far as to where I'm going to go with this, do you would you concur with that? Like you know, man, once we start that switch but we put it back on I kind of look at it like a light switch man if I turn that fucker back on I don't know if I'll ever turn it off again I, you know it, it sounds like cliche to say shit like that like you hear that stuff in meetings all the time and one is one is too many thousands never enough blah 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 blah. people go like once I didn't I start, say that I said a light switch for fuck's yeah, sake yeah I know but I mean talking about the cliches sure the, the light switch is not a cliche but <laughs> but going back to the party and like I remember you know I'd have a couple beers and start feeling a little tingly fucking more and more and it would ramp up and it would ramp up and it would ramp up until shit was fucking destroyed. Yeah. And then the next day I felt like shit and I had to apologize for a lot of stuff and that let alone had nothing to do with the drugs or the heroin. Mm. You know, normal people don't fucking stick needles in their arms three times a day just to stay well. Yeah. You know, and, and rip off and lie, cheat and steal. You know, so, so yeah, there is that thing like, I know like when I start there's no stopping because I've been there. Right. And I've experienced like emotionally, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. This is not who I am. Mm. Yeah. But, but I can't, I can't stop doing it. And so, and, and, and to go back to like before we went on, you're talking about, man, I, I was thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. And uh, isn't a trip, you know, almost three decades away from it. And it can still creep back in, Dude. and uh, like whether you want whether it was the process, you're kind of talking about yeah, I kind of like the process of going through it. I remember with, and if you remember these days, we were like scoring blow, when that back when they had beepers or the soda, yeah, phone, yeah, or yeah. The payphone would yeah. ring. Well, yeah, you'd beat and, the guy. And I knew I was. Oh my god, it's him calling. He's going back. It's all good, and Christmas has arrived. Yes, and it's a sense of relief, like it's happening. Dude, it's on. I remember this guy Rick. This guy Rick looked like he was an Ario Speedwagon man. He drove like a fucking Mazda with two wheels on it, and like it was maybe a hubcap hanging from the roof and an antenna. And this dude was so key. He would roll up and he would bring he would bring my stuff in in um, in a Marlboro empty Marlboro uh, cigarette pack. And I remember when I'd see him, he'd always stick his head out the window as he's pulling around the corner with the wind blowing his Ario Speedwagon <laughs> Us Festival hair. And I'm like, there he is. And it was that. Yeah, yeah, he's arrived. And then 30 minutes later, I go, 
fuck, it's going to be 6 a.m. again, man. It's coming up. The, I'm scared of the mailman. The birds scare the shit out of yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that. I mean, I know that feeling too. Like, I'll, I'll still be driving through CD neighborhoods or, or I'll be in downtown LA where I used to cop a lot and I still have my junkie radar on looking for like, there's junkies, there's people selling. Like, you know, you pick up on shit and you'll yeah. never fucking drop it. Yeah. Like, it's in there. It's fucking innate now. What do you, you, you know, times have changed. If you want a little bit about, you know, we hear about the potency. There's stuff out there. There's stuff like fentanyl and all this crap running around. You know, with all the touring you do and stuff like that, do you, I know a lot of people know that you're sober. Do you, are there, do you ever have fans ever trip out and say, hey, man, I'm, yeah. I, I want to be that way now. I wanna, have you ever had those talks with okay, people? Yeah. I mean, actually, quite a few times. Quite a few times. There, I remember like in, I'm going to say, I don't know, 2002, I was in the back east in the Baltimore area at, at, on, on the work tour. And there was this like mohawked kid, like at the fence, separating backstage from the general public going, Smelly, Smelly, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. And I go up there and I started talking to the kid and the kid's like, I'm fucking strung out. I can't stop doing this. I need to talk to you about like getting clean. Brought him backstage. We talked and talked and talked. Kid had fucking tracks up his arm, abscesses. Mm -hmm. He was probably in his early 20s. We talk. We still talk on occasion to this day. He hasn't, mm -hmm. she hasn't shot dope in 13 years. He still- Get out of Dodge. Man. Yeah. Wow. He still has- a little bit of alcohol problems, but but there's been other cases like that too where I've actually sat down and talk program or little mini interventions on kids that have, have asked me for, you know, how I did it or guidance or help or whatever it may be. And I feel that that's actually really fucking cool because no the music it. world, it's totally cool and totally acceptable and to be a fucking shithead drug addict. You know, but there's consequences to that. You know, people's lives get fucked up. So when kids, so it, I feel good that it feels good that I could be responsible for helping somebody rather than tearing them down. Absolutely, yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, let's face it. You know, you guys do have I'd consider some legions of fans all over the freaking world, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, do you find it all the same? You know, where you you know you guys have toured and played everywhere. Are there certain places that that when you where where you go, it's like, man, oh man, I don't know if I'm looking forward to going here. This place is gnarly. I don't want to go to such and such. You know, I don't want to go to Hamburg. You're getting, you guys get ready to go to Germany, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you love playing in Germany, right? It's good. Yeah, but are there some spots you're like, God, I don't really want to. Or, or no, just not like really. Like like when I first when I first got sober, yeah, because there there were certain towns like Vancouver, Washington, or Hamburg, Germany, or London. Certain towns where I knew where I could cop dope. Or Amsterdam, you know, like where I knew I could cop dope and it was easy and it was ex Frankfurt where it was really easy. And but now that I'm so far removed from that, not not so much because I've have the skills to have the exit plan to like yeah. to ha you know I'm pretty far removed from that at the moment. But in the times in the past, the first couple of years of t touring, I remember after getting sober, I remember like sitting in the back of the van. Or in the backstage room, just praying, like, fuck, please just keep me sober tonight. Help yeah. me get through this. Like, doing that, that fucking AA bullshit of, like, you know, hit your knees when you need to. And, and I'm not praying to Jesus or anything. Like that. I'm just kind of, like, getting the pressure out of, like, surrendering to, I don't want this. You bet. You mentioned Amsterdam, man. I'm, I'm going to say it's, like, 16 or 18 years ago. I flew over to... Uh, to uh, Dusseldorf, Germany, with Miles from Slightly Stupid, and Stupid was just starting to get on their rise, and uh, you know, and uh, so we were recording there. He and I, I, I FedExed a, a half ounce of cocaine to my room you from know, out here. You FedExed from, it out from there? here. I FedExed it, and I used Miles' name on it. So we, 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 we checked in. We checked in. They're like, you know, you know, welcome, Mister Dowdy, Mister Zolkin. He's like, oh, there's a there's a package here. And we were talking about my buddy Rick showing up with the Marlboro. You see the FedEx? I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, I got it. Miles is like, wait, what is that? <coughs> I got some important paperwork from the record label. Allow me to manage this. Yeah. <laughs> put, put, put the thing under my arm, and I said, Miles, let's grab a couple beers and get up. I, he's like, dude, what is it? And open up, and, it's, and I sifted it all out, and this perfectly flat thing is like 15 to 18 grams of Coke. Jesus. And he's like, why did you send that to me? I said, don't you worry about that right now. Let's pack our beaks. Yep. I got you covered, bro. I got your just, back. Just, just don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And so on the way back, 
he uh, he fell in love with uh, hash, and so he decides to bring some back. And Miles <laughs> won't be listening to this. And I told him, I said, don't do that. I go, do you have any idea that it's it's a problem if you get caught? Wow. So the dogs, are, the dogs are going through, and they start going nuts. So he got full on strip search, etc. And they never found it because he put it in this in like this sole of a shoe that like turned or something like right. that. A, so a Maxwell Smart shoe. He got he got smart. He got he got the, the shoe phone. Almost got jail, but dude, that's so I'm... fucking weird. The priorities. You ship shit out there, no questions asked. He wants to smuggle back a little hash. Y'all, bro, you're fucking being sketchy. Oh yeah, yeah, I know, right? You're fucking wow. He's like, dude, I could have gone to jail or something. I'm, I'm like, listen, this is this is this is this is before all the stuff was, I think, seriously checked. This is, I, I, let's just say, it was a very important priority of mine. Absolutely. And can you understand that? Absolutely. And FedEx is very reliable. Yes, I haven't done it since. When you absolutely was it when you absolutely <laughs> positively need something there overnight. I forgot. Wasn't that their slogan? You're absolutely right. Right. Yeah, and it was so nice. And I appreciate you guys delivering in my time of need. And uh, but those are the lengths that we go to. We're just helping you out with your issues. I I had several. I still have issues, by the way, today. Who doesn't? Huh? Who doesn't? Getting through stuff sober is a little bit different. You know, they we hear about that line in program. We we're able to handle situations which used to baffle us. Life, <laughs> life can be effing baffling me at, at a drop of a hat. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Can you ex- explain some baffling crap to me. You want me to explain some baffling crap? I do. Yes. Why did my wife get mad at me the other night when she said, "Hey, why don't you go this way? It's shorter than that way." And I said, "Yes, dear." And I went the way she, she suggested, mm-hmm. and she got mad at me. That baffled the fuck out of me. Did it? Oh, yeah. And you're still working on it. Well, I That's ended up right. sleeping in a different room because I said, you're fucking baffling. <laughs> the fuck? You're mad at me for going the way you told me to go? How baffling is this? You baffling? I just like the fact that you were in a different You were in a different room as a result of it. Well, actually, she was in a different room. I slept in the, I slept in the bed. She went into a different is room. Is that right? Yeah. You, you, know, you know what might help her is you bring her some... Haribo gummy bears and let her know Eric was Eric cruised by my office before we got started because we do this stuff at my office now and he goes you know I I might want to get a little office here just so I can get away from time to time just throwing like a futon that'd be great put some porn on jar Vaseline (laughs) my fucking it's on Sandin Enterprises here in Belmont Heights I love it um you guys can play any uh by the way you know, I don't know if you're going to play it right now. You probably won't. But, man, you played me a pretty epic song by by Fat Mike's daughter. She's got a voice. Yes, she does. Dude, 14 years old? She definitely didn't get it from him. I know, huh? That's not his voice. Huh? That's not his voice. Mm. I was very impressed with that. No, I was, uh, I was too. By the way. I mean, I don't know what the song's for, but he wrote a song, she sang it, and it gives me the fucking chills. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. So what's going on with you guys right now? Are you guys recording at all, or, or? That's funny. We I just got done doing drum tracks about a month ago. Did you? I did a whole fuckload of songs. I think twenty five, and I just started getting uh, mixes a couple days ago. It sounds really fucking good. It's coming together. Yeah. Bill so Steven, so Bill lyrics Steven. have been thrown down and everything. Yeah, yeah. I got mixes of four songs, you uh-huh. know, four four complete songs. I mean, there's 21 more to go. I don't know where the, where they're at in the process, but I think they're pretty much done. I got a question for you. Hmm. It's actually, it's somewhat of a resentment. Oh, Jesus. And I'm holding this gummy bear in anger right don't now. Don't throw it at me. No, I'm not. One of my favorite all-time, first off, my, my favorite album, you guys, is the Thanks for the Shoes. Okay. I just fucking love that album. I, I love it. But there's a song off of Heavy Petting Zoo. Okay. Is it No Heavy Petting Zoo? Or? It's Heavy Petting Zoo. Heavy Petting Zoo. I love that title. I How love the artwork. Got, huh? I love the artwork. It's sinister. Oh, it's You guys good. are very disturbing. That's funny. It got banned in France. I, I, it got banned in a lot of places. It got banned. I mean, what's not fucking cool about a dude finger banging a sheep? It happens. You see, I knew we were not going to have any dull moments here on the program no. today, which is why we brought him on. Hey, how can Look, you guys... if sheep weren't made for fucking, we couldn't fuck them. Does that I haven't, make any I, sense? I, I wow. Take that back. No, you're not taking anything back. I, I haven't done that. Have you? Fuck no. Okay. There's a lot of things I haven't done. A lot of people think there's a lot of shit that I have done that I haven't. It's just an illusion. Getting back to this thing. How can you guys don't play Freedom Like a Shopping Cart Live? 
I fucking love that song. We, um... That's one of the best songs ever. Oh, wow. Thank you. Uh, Not a bad we were, stupid question. We huh? were, no, no, no. We were playing it live maybe five or six years ago. Now, on Did occasion. you? A little, a little tidbit. The opening drumming part. Ridiculous. That is one song that, that might get me to go and, and get a case of Coors and five eight. Brooks Wackerman taught me that. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, I need some sort of jungle beady driving uh, part for the beginning of the song, and I like that song, the drumming in that song, Jesus Christ Pose okay. from Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus, and it's real driving jungle beady kind of. And that's that. And I went to Brooks Wackerman. I'm like, I want something like this. And he goes, well, how about this? I was like, cool. I didn't write it. He just showed me how to play it, and then went on recording. Do you do you, do you ever have any input on set lists, or does Mike just do it? No, he, he'll do it. He'll do it every night, and then I'll go through and fine-tune it, like switch these songs. Okay. You know? He well, likes to do, sometimes, he likes to, like, I don't know, sabotage shows every now and again. No like, way. Of like, let's just play all fucking B-side slow songs that people don't want to hear. And I'm like, dude, okay, I get it. You want to be punk rock, you want to do weird shit. But, you know, come on, let's just let's just not kill the show, though. So we'll go through and, 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 <laughs> and you know, figure shit out together. All right. You don't need to name the band, but what, what was the biggest bum out ever? Like, some, some band that happened to go on tour with you guys, like, holy shit, I cannot believe we're with these jack-offs. And then maybe you had to throw them off. You don't have to use their names, but there had to be somebody. And you're like, holy shit. We're stuck with these guys. I really want to kill somebody, or maybe even myself. Okay. Blind Melon. Remember the band Blind Melon? Shannon Hoon guy who passed away. Yes. You toured with them? Well, we did We did four or five shows with them. Right. Like festival kind of a things. But, but you know, in, the, in their fucking, their Bumblebee costume shit. <laughs> I was like, this fucking stuff is so fucking, like, okay, cool, it's a catchy little song, but it's so Pansy, like the punk rock guy in me. Uh-huh. It's so pansy. It's so fucking pussy dancing around in the fucking fields with flowers. Fuck you, you fucking hippie Indiana bastard. So I went, we played, we were on some shows with them, some festivals, and they were either like right before us, right after us. And I wanted just to like fucking be a dick, you know? I met that guy, Shannon. Sweetest fucking nicest dude there was. Sweetest fucking guy, like to where I could not not like him, even though I wanted to. And then him and I ended up talking recovery. Is that right? Yes. And then him and I became friends, you know, through the recovery thing. And so it just shows, I went into a situation prejudged, like, fuck them, fuck this, fuck that. Oh, but I really love the guy, you know? And when he died, it really bummed me out. Yeah, right. And you he know? was young. Yeah, he was 27 or 28 or something like that. Yeah. He had just had a kid. Oh, his wife, I didn't know wife, that. His wife, like, three months before, just had a baby, baby girl. So he it's, so he had some sober time for a minute? In and out. In and out? In and out, yeah. yeah. That's an interesting story. Of all the people that you're going to say, it's like, oh yeah, I want murder blind melon. <laughs> Mike Ness was kind of an arrogant ass, you know, but I don't know the guy. Mm-hmm. But I, And I could be totally wrong, but the couple times we did play with him, I was like, hey man, what's happening? Oh, really? Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just caught him on a bad day. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure people could say the same about me. You know, at times. I'll share this story with you. He, he was at the uh, he was at the uh, screening for our film, uh, the Newport Beach Film Festival at, at the Lido, uh, big theater. It was like six hundred people there. Yeah, it's nice I was so stoked. Afterwards, uh, afterwards, I, I spoke with he and his wife at length. He enjoyed the film, and we're talking about recovery stuff. And I mentioned Bradley's house to him. He goes, "Dude, I'm down. I am down." Like, I'm like, "Oh shit, killer social distortion, palladium." Yeah. We're going to get this freaking gig. We're going to get this shit rocking. Yeah. I reached out to management. They wouldn't even talk to me. Yeah. I mean, because he, he might have had, he might have been completely truthful about that. Like, he would wanted to participate. Uh, oh, but management, he, if they don't see fucking dollar signs for them. Yeah. No, no, no. This is this is not a dig on him whatsoever. He's no, no. genuinely like, dude, I would I would do that. I'd get my crew to do that. I, I was so excited. But then I'm like, oh, man, now i got to deal with the manager. Yeah, and it just to, didn't work out. Right, right. You know, that sucks. But I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. Maybe I just caught him at the wrong time. We could have, like, we could have, like, Eric Sandman playing drums and, 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 and you trying to sing like you're singing to an acoustic guitar, and we'll do, like, a live event. It would be, and, it'd be one drum beat. <laughs> but, but you know, people will watch it, and all you have to do is say, hey, donate to Bradley's house. We're probably getting about 50 grand. I'll buy you what? tacos. Well, wait a minute. Why? So you want me to play drums and sing like into the microphone? I want you to absolutely sing. 
If they don't, if if we can get fifty grand to go to a cause like that, I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. You would, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You might even wear a bumblebee outfit. Oh my god. Would you? Rest in peace, Shannon. Man. Would you? Would you consider it? I would. You just tell me what kind of top. I wouldn't even consider it. I would do it. I'd wear one too. You're not fucked up. I'd if you can, if you can get, if you can get a GoFundMe to raise fifty fucking grand, I'll do whatever it takes for this Bradley house. We have got a serious challenge on board for all you listeners and watchers out there. If we can manifest some type of gig where Eric and I, well, maybe mainly Eric, wears a bumblebee outfit and, and tries to play acoustic music while drumming at the same time and singing. Blind singing, Melon. B- Holy shit. Singing Blind Melon. Uh, I think that we we might even be able to open the doors. I think that could go viral. We just came, we just came up with it. I think people might pay not to see that though. So no, no, they might pay just to have us cut it off and, and we'll donate to stop playing. What if we could do something like? I don't know. No, no, keep spinning. We're good. We because we, we well, yeah, we'll we'll, sp- we'll spin on we'll spin minutes. we'll spin on our own time because my brain's kind of going like walk through them all. I don't know, just stupid places. It's going to waste everybody's time. I don't know why this came, this came to me, but as a kid, we're, we are obsessed with like chocodiles or ho-hos or ding-dongs. No. You didn't like that stuff at all? Oh, I loved it, but my fucking parents would never get that shit for me. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I remember when chocodiles came I don't even out. remember what a chocodile is. It's, stop it. It was like a chocolate-covered Twinkie. It was... Uh, oh, I got you. It had that, that chocolate that was kind of filmy. You'd eat it. And, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I just thought of that. Um, but anyway, so you were never obsessed with, with with Hostess cake products? I did like the apple pies, the Hostess apple pies. Oh, dude. I got caught stealing one at a 7-Eleven once when I was about nine. What flavor? I was down apple. to the berry. Just apple? Apple or the cherry. Oh, fuck. I love the berry. Yeah, the blueberry. Oh, my God. It tasted like a big I, jelly I, donut. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the chocolate ones, and I wasn't a fan of the lemon ones. Though I do like lemon meringue cake. You got my wheel spinner right now. I'm trying to think, what which costume store can I contact to get you a score of Bumblebee t-shirt and we could just film it in your backyard? I don't know. I'm not. We'll uh, figure it out. All right. You don't mind if we talk about it later, do you? No, not at all. As long as it raises money for the good cause. Dude, I I, I got so much respect for that. And, by, and I, I, I mean, I, conti- I continually and regularly uh, uh, present as a jack-off all the time publicly. And so How about this? I'll do it. On the GoFundMe, people, if they donate money, they could suggest what it is and we can compile compile the suggestions and maybe one will be so fucking outrageous that I cannot say no. Dude, that's sick. Right? That's better than you and I kind of brainstorm and let whoever donates brainstorm and then we just choose one of them. Oh, I love it. So for, for, for the people watching Facebook Live, you want to chime in and, and like, how do you want to dress up Eric Sandin? He's open to suggestions. So we just want to throw that out there. Just come one, come all. Throw, throw that shit out there. Right. I, I like where you're going with okay. this. Okay, cool. You know, uh, we were wrapping a second ago about, for those of you who don't know, Eric Sandin is, a, is the, uh, a proud co-owner of the Long Beach United Boxing Club. That's right. The finest boxing gym in the entire area. In fact, within a 50-mile fucking radius. That's right. Doug McKinnon and company. And Eric, they're, they're a big part of this. And uh, for those of you who haven't been there, go check it out. It's on 4th and Cherry. And uh, you mentioned that some criminal threw a big rock through the window the other day. Tweak, you fucking asshole. Yeah. What? Why did he throw? What, what? What was he trying to do? There was a cop presence going. Our, our neighborhood, where the gym is, is a gentrifying neighborhood. It's half hipsters, half fucking ghetto. So stop really quick on that. What, what? For real? What is a hipster? What do they do? What hipsters? They, is that they like a hippie. <laughs> they walk around drinking craft beer and they wear new boots that look like they should have been from the 1920s, and they have very good hairdos, and they listen to pussy music. It, because I've heard the term. Oh, these are guys who wear those mustaches. Yeah. And, I mean, they're and cool they guys. Caps, blue ribbons, a new beer. What it is? Yes. What it is? It's it's the twenty-five to thirty-two year olds okay. that are trying to be hip, which is cool. Everybody has their own fucking genre. When I was twenty-five to thirty years old. You know, there, there was this, that, whatever. Okay. You know, so it's just what they are. Okay, so there's hipsters and who else in this community? What was going on with this? I want to talk about the rock incidents. Okay, there's a restaurant down the street called The Pipe that is owned by Chris, who used to play drums in Social Distortion. And a car drove up on the sidewalk at about 11 o'clock at night, almost ran some people over. The driver gets out and starts beating his girlfriend on the sidewalk. Cops are called. 15 cops show up. And while the cops are dealing with that, my gym, that I, the Long Beach United Boxing Club, is 50 yards down the street, totally like straight shot, you can't miss it. Some tweaker guy picks up a rock about this big and walks up to our big play class window and just goes, 
right in front of the cops. The cops saw it. Everybody's like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what's going on there? And the cops said, eh, whatever. It's just a fucking other shithead in the neighborhood. Man, he, he probably wasn't sober, huh? <laughs> no. No, I, I did stuff. You know, and, and I Doug, did stuff like yeah, that. So Doug, my partner, was so fucking pissed off. He's like, fuck this, fuck that. I'm so fucking pissed. You know, it is what it is. And it's karma. There was one night that I remember walking up a complete residential neighborhood street with a knife, popping every single car's tires. Damn. Just, you know, so it's just fucking karma coming back. It is what it is. You know, I'm a, I got a recovery question to ask of you because, you know, we're talking about numbskull shit that happened a little bit. I got a call from a guy in Huntington Beach recently, and I still find this actually funny. I think it's funny right now. It was funny. I think we did it 25 years ago. But he said, he goes, he goes, Z-Man, he goes, I got a problem right now. This thing keeps coming up. I, I was at this party, this chick's house, a long time ago, and I took a massive dump in her dryer, and I pressed start. <laughs> Never and, not funny. It's awesome. And he asked me if I owe her an amends. First off, I could barely even talk. I was laughing so hard. I go... So hold on a second. You crapped in the dryer. You pressed start. Destroyed the entire garage. Ruined the Maytag set. Yeah. I go. You kind of do, but how are you going to approach that? Hey, Susie, it's been a while. By the yeah, way, how long has it been? By the way, I'm the one who unloaded about 14 pounds of cable in your dryer and pressed play. <laughs> what would you? Do you find that funny? I think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Have you heard of that happening? I've never heard the dryer thing, but I've done plenty of poop stuff. Yes, yes, you have. And in fact, I'm glad that you brought that up because hands down, and I'm not kidding you when I say this, one of the funniest things I've ever read in a book in my life. Oh I read a lot of books. And this was in the No Effects book. I know where book. this is going. Eric and crew, all gassed at miscellaneous people's houses, would literally lay cable and then wipe their asses with the actual pillowcase covers, turn it inside out, and then turn them correct. The people... Is this correct? We'll go to bed having a, no idea. Where is this smell coming from? I, I, you, you can't say crew. That was all me. That that's even better. All me. It wasn't you and a me, buddy. Me and maybe DJ. DJ would do it too, my buddy. But that was 100% my I fault. I gotta ask you. What the, and I'm pretty weird. What made you go, you know, I think I'm gonna try this. Did, did it, just it was just like every night we would be fucking just raging and destroying shit. And it's just like how fucking much farther can we go? Yeah. You know, like it started off by peeing into people's drinks and then peeing into their ice trays, making ice, you know, ice pee cubes, peeing on their silverware, or this or that. You know what I mean? And then it went into like, fuck, I'm gonna take a shit and fucking wipe my ass with their pillowcase. Kind of find that funny. And and um, did you? I had to ask. This is the I never. I didn't ask you the last time. But did it ever come back or something like? Who did this on our pet? No, never I never heard did. that. It never did. But the only thing that ever kind of came back once was. What, what did happen, what would happen is, let's say we played Champaign, Illinois, right? And just fucking destroyed the house with the peas and the poos and the steel and shit and breaking windows. It was just me and DJ and the rest of the guys in the band hated me. They would call ahead to the next city where we were playing. Let's say it was fucking like Des Moines, Iowa or something. And they say, do not let those fucking guys near your house. So we started getting a reputation that preceded us. Okay. So we ended up going to places and people were like, you guys fucking stay the fuck away from me. Yeah. And I actually would take pride of being known as the hardest partying, thrashing, drunkest fucking dudes on tour. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, back to like coming back. It's not really to come back, but it's a story that comes kind of full circle is we were someplace in Texas and we used to do just stupid, just juvenile prankster shit. And one night we were at this house partying and it was like a little apartment. I mean, and I, they had a bunch of meat, like steaks and shit like that in the freezer. And I stole it for no fucking reason other than just to steal anything. Yeah. I stole their food and went to the van or went to wherever we were later on. And then there was like a knock at wherever we were. Like the guys wanted to fight me or something because they figured out we stole their food. Right. It, it, nothing came of it. That was the end of the story. Yeah. Fast forward 30 something years. My wife and I are out to dinner. I'm meeting some of her friends and we're eating dinner at this nice fucking restaurant. And this guy goes, here, come on over here. I want to talk to you for a second. And I sit down, and this guy's named Chris, and he goes, remember that time in Texas when you stole that meat? No way. He was one of the guys. Is that right? Yeah, we're buds now, but he was one of the guys. Fast forward, like, 35 years. He's married to my wife's best friend, you know? Wow. So we laugh about that, and, you know, whatever. I think it's stuff like that that makes life effing interesting. It does. 
You know? you know, I mean, and the willingness for you to even put yourself out there at great personal risk—not only you, but other people. I got my ass beat a lot. Uh, you know what? But I think it's all worth it. No, it's. You know, in hindsight, a little bit maybe. No, it was so much. Just being a delinquent and just being a fucking thrasher was so much fun. But it was always at the expense of somebody else. Yeah, I you know. It. So yes, it was fun for me and my juvenile minor just thrashing and fucking shit up. With, like, pretty much zero repercussions because I got to get in the car and leave. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of amends that I do owe. Yeah, in fact, you just made me think of, of one right now. Uh, I, I I renewed Hustler subscriptions for many friends for years yeah. after they told me to stop. And, like, their wives would get really upset because, <laughs> you know, each month, you know, when they would arrive, I had some guys say, dude, I really literally have to beat the mailman home. Like, I, stop I, it. I got to beat my wife home. I need to get the, the mags. And then I started sending barely legal to the... I, 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 and, and, and as part of me still finds that funny. See, those but, fucking pranks to me are fucking genius. They're so goddamn funny. But it's always at someone's expense. Well, yeah, and, and when the wife's like, um, in fact, I was a cause for, I know, for one certain divorce, she's like, you, you can't, I'd be like, hey, can, hey, Kent, can you go out? Tonight? She's like, my wife won't let me go out with you anymore. And I, I said, you know, I'm like Eddie Haskell, right? And she's like, it, you know, Todd, it, the hustler is one thing, but like when the barely legal arrives and my folks come by while we're out of town to pick it up, it's a fucking... <laughs> It's a fucking problem. And she's like, you got to go. <laughs> so there you go. I have a friend. I have a friend. You might know. Do you know Donnie Spada? No. Okay. Well, he used to tour No Doubt and Pearl Jam and all this stuff. But back in the No Doubt days, he used to, before he'd go on tour, he would fucking buy a pile of gay magazines, like gay, gay porn. And then on the bus, he would slip them under someone's bunk or something like that. And then like, oh. and then like, then pull the cover back. So the people would walk up and down the hallway and go like. Oh my God, Tony's looking at fucking gay porn. You know what I mean? Like, he would like subliminally sabotage them. Yeah. But one time, (laughs) one time, he bought a bunch of gay porn and they were going through customs at the airport and they they said, Oh, sir, can we go through your bags? And they pulled it out. He So in his backpack, he had a stash of gay porn. Oh, no. And he pulled it out and he was like, What is this? What are we looking at here? (laughs) And everybody in line was like, Oh, so the joke. Backfired on him, like he bombed himself he on that. He got some in the end. Yeah, no, no pun intended. No. He did. He got some. In, he it came back and haunted him a little bit. I mean, fucking, you stuck, didn't catch that. It's okay. It's, I caught it. He caught it in the end. Okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, That's good. Uh, see stuff like that, like little funny, fucking mischievous stories, is fucking funny. Yeah. But when it comes down to actual destruction, where you're hurting people's stuff, it's like. That's what I thrived on, man. Yeah, I thrived on destruction. Yeah, same here. And I, and uh, yeah, I want to ask. We got a couple, couple more minutes, and then we're gonna let you get on to your. You gotta meet somebody. Yeah, Eric's got a very busy schedule the rest of this That's day. That's right. And um, but anyway, did you um, when you when you were newly sober, did, did you start going? Oh man, I got a lot of shit I gotta rectify. Did you go through that moment, or was it just like okay, let me just get get a little better first, or? I was, I jumped pretty fucking balls deep into the amends. You know, like I, I powered through the steps and I, you know, there's still a couple out there. It took about five years, six years to actually bring it up with my dad, amends, mm-hmm. you know, because we just never had that open communication. It was just really weird to sit down and be like, so, hey, you know, I'm kind of talking about something personal here. Yeah. But no, I actually find, I found it really liberating and freeing and, you know, um, the right thing to do is to clear my side of the street. Yeah. And if they chose to accept it, awesome. If not, I get it. Yeah. You know? I appreciate that. And, you know, one last little parting little little thing. I was like, you know, if there's someone out there who's struggling, you know, someone who's, they have no compass, man, or they want to change, they want to, they want to do something different. And uh, is there any words of encouragement you give for someone out there who might be sick of what they're doing and they're, Maybe they're dying of alcoholism or addiction or both. Is there something you can share with with, with the folks? I've said this a bunch to people, and it's as simple as I can make it, but um, if you really want, it will get better, and it's as difficult as you make it. I mean, I know that there's feelings like when you're getting off drugs or 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 you're really craving or jonesing, it's really fucking hard. But when you get past that initial, like, instability... 
life is as difficult as you make it and, and the program is as difficult as you make it. If, if, you, if you just sit down and do what everybody suggests that's already been there, it makes it a hell of a lot fucking easier than trying to self-will it. Hmm. It's as difficult as you can as you make it. How's that? How's that, everybody? You know, with that with that being said, and and and, and thank you for lining up. Uh, we're gonna have the drummer from Pepper here one of these days. Thanks yeah. for setting me up with Yee, right? Yeah, that's that's gonna be good stuff. He's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. I'm uh, I'm thankful that he took the time to hang out for a minute today, man. And, oh, and Matt Biolos, we're going to be taking this guy down to get a new board from you, man. Eric yeah. wants to score a new Lost board. That's right. We're going to sort that shit out. I would love it, man. I've always had a fucking boner for Lost boards. You know what? We're, we're going to we're going to sort out the uh, the there, there will no longer be erectile the erectile dysfunction in this regard. We're going to get speaking about hand. that. Yes, erectile dysfunction. Go. I find it now that I'm in my middle aged. It's harder and harder and harder to get off during sex. Get off or pull wood? The wood is good for about three quarters of the session. Then it starts kind of just, just starts getting a little tired. I like how you mentioned the term session because sessions can be short. They can be long. Right, right. It each has its own, own lifespan. Okay. But then completing the task. Completing the task. For myself. It, it's getting harder. I mean, are you like, you know, like midway through, do you put on Netflix or something? Like, like what's interrupting you? Something's got to be interrupting here, the whole vibe. Nothing's interrupting the vibe. Really? Yeah. It's just, maybe it's just a middle-aged conundrum. That's interesting. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that some thought. You know, if I'd recommend Pop-Tarts, a steady diet of Pop-Tarts. For real. That or gummy Hence the word pop. Exactly. I'm going to think about that and get back to you. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Sandin from No Effects revisiting us after almost two years of hiding and running away from us and not wanting to deal with our bullshit. We are so thankful. I'm glad this fucking guy got the shit running finally. Yeah, hey Mike, thanks for getting your shit together. Yeah. We appreciate that, man. Thanks for making it happen. Brother man? Pleasure was mine. Man, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course, man. All right, guys, thanks mine. for joining us here today and, uh, and, and next week we're going to have somebody else. We're not quite sure who yet, but uh, we'll walk down the street and find Hey, if you need somebody next week, how epic would that be? Back to back weeks with Eric Sam. We'll have to start paying the guy. Just watch this, the viewership. Man, positive impact. Thanks, brother, man, for being Adios. here. Adios. Thank you guys for joining us. Bye. Have a good day, everybody. Bye.